Hey, this is Colin Cadet. And Alexa Claire. And Sky Blanks. And you're listening to the 2721 Club. Welcome to another episode of 2721 Club. This episode, we're going to be talking about making connections outside of school and how that can definitely be tough for a lot of us, both extroverts and introverts. And uh, we're going we're gonna to kick it off. Hmm. Um, right, what do you guys think? What, what have been your not necessarily struggles, at least insights, the things you've learned. So I don't want to focus so much on like the pain points, right? What are we, because there's good parts of this too. I think there's some pros and cons. Like one thing that I've thought about like recently, I've had these moments of just like going on Snapchat and like having been removed from the spaces that I was in for so long, I almost understand myself, not even almost, like I understand myself differently than how I understood myself back then. You know, it's these interesting conversations. Does that mean that, like, do I consider myself a different person as I was then? And yeah, I know in some in ways I do, but like, to what extent, right? Like, why? Um, and some of the reasons why I feel like I understand myself differently is because I, I'm like around different people. I'm in different spaces, um, and like, you know, I like was watching Snapchats like about like I was seeing when we were in Georgetown, <laughs> I was like, I was joking with my friend when Khalil was in Georgetown and was breaking up that random fight with those people he had, he didn't even know. Like I was trying to find that Snapchat <laughs> and it was just cool. Cause I was just seeing a bunch of pictures and memories. I was like, wow, like this was fun. Uh, and then I was just like, man, I feel like when you aren't at school though, like the types of friends that you make have like are more, like it's just interesting. Cause it's like, it's not like lined up for you. Right. Like, so therefore the people that you end up being friends with probably are more conducive to like who and I, I don't know. This is just a theory. I, I could be 100% wrong, but it gives me, like, I feel like what one thing that I've noticed is just like, like I, I was in posse, like I was able to connect with my posse mates and like branch off from there. Then I left school and like I made friends at my job and there's a lot of people at my job and I'm like a very, Wait, hold up, you person. got it. Sorry? You gotta explain what posse is. Not everyone might know what. Oh, not everyone okay. might know what that is. What's posse? Oh, uh, posse is a um, nonprofit organization um, focused and centered in um, enabling um, and empowering, like, um, like leadership, like leaders in high school, um, and sending them in a cohort of nine other students to um, different universities so that they could like feel supported during the college experience. Um, that's like the best way I could express that. I don't, maybe I should be able to say that better as a policy scholar, but I don't know. I've been removed from this for a while. No, I mean, I would put it as like, this is amazing group of students on campus that were so ambitious and so motivated, all black and brown students from what I saw. I know there's non-black and brown students in there yeah. too. I know that, but that was what I mostly saw. And y'all were so close. Everyone was mostly from Atlanta. Yeah, definitely a vibe. Definitely like the club you want to be no, a part that's of. That's my people. But go on, just to give some context. Yeah, that's posse. Um, so yeah, so that was like a very big part of like my friend network and stuff. And you know what I'm saying? Like I'm in a fraternity and you know, like I like made a lot of friends through posse and stuff like that. But like ever since I've been back home, like, I don't know, bro. Like I just be moving my way. And honestly, like that for better or for worse, like I feel like that's positive in some ways. Cause it's like, you're not fe- like the people you end up connecting with are like end up really being your people. You see what I'm saying? You don't get I'm not in a space that's going to lend me to the person anyways. Like I got to like, it's just, it's becomes like very much a natural connection. Something that I relate to them as individuals. You feel me? Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. 
it's like a natural so you know throughout our time of like going through either some structure of education jobs internships um you know associations with you know scholarships or other things you it attracts different people there's different people that are kind of forced to become your friends and by and you know not the best words but you you know throughout high school those, those kids that you grew up with you have some type of connection with but they were made friends of circumstance um because you all just happen to live in the same area then when you go to college you have more of a um selection of your own because you're picking at that institution you have common um aspirations the people that go there that exactly. attracts bring together yeah. things that people better align yeah. with you and so it's a natural filter and same thing with so these scholarships like, like okay, okay yeah so like, like i'm in <laughs> I, yeah so I'm like, I'm in a Hispanic scholarship, um, you know, I'm a Hispanic scholar for HSF, Hispanic scholarship fund. And so all the kids that we would do, like our group calls and stuff, we can like really connect really well. Even though I never met them in person. It's all virtual, but we all have a common, you know, thing either with our identity or with our background and struggles that we have to overcome. And so that allows you to become, create this friendship over, you know, this natural filter that's been in place because you guys all apply to the scholarship or you all apply to this major or you all are interested in this topic. And so this creates, you know, really high quality friendships. Um, what is hard for people when they leave these type of structured institutions or, or systems is that, you know, now you kind of are exploring and trying to figure out, okay, how can I filter this? Because in college is like undergrad college is usually the last place that you'll have everyone of the same age, um, around the same age, same um, journey in life um, together. Once you graduate or, you know, if you even just didn't go to college, you um, already in the thick of the world. So you have people from, you know, all the, to your parents' age, to your brother's age, your sister's age. They're yeah, all, that'd be me at my know, job, bro. But I'm cool yeah. with it. I fuck with that shit. Yeah, and, that, and I'd be cool with, like, whole grown-ass men. And when, I'll be like, <laughs> I'll be like, chilling, bro. That's my shit, bro. Only at the job will you be cool with, like, a whole 40-year-old, like, like... It's true, it's true. Shout out Leo, bro. <laughs> shout it's, out... It, it's common and you're because you're working on a common mission you're working on that you know you're overcoming things you're dealing with the same bs even after this i might be going to a main event right now with some co-workers and all of them are like a lot of them are like over 30 (laughs) like but but these type of relationships lead you to different um types of friendships right so yeah i not necessarily you would take that 40 year old and go you know uh I don't know, you want to go and do an adventure with them, you know, across the country, but, you know, they have a different type of friendship. And so there's like this weird thing that it creates, you have, you know, core friends that you can do multiple, multiple things with, and then you have your core friends that you can do only like certain things with. And you have the friends that you have all these different friend groups that you fit into, but you bring them together, it'd be chaos. And so it's like a lot of this like interesting, you know, filtering that it's like, it's created um, throughout our life. And so I've been, you know, we're all realizing now that we had like, you know, some, now we have so many different uh, groups of people that we are affiliated with, people that we consider friends or, you know, uh, acquaintances. Um, but also, you know, you have Alexa who meets people on the street um, and, you know, becomes good <laughs> friends with them. So, you know, I'll let her talk to that, but it's very, it's very interesting how, how like society creates these uh, opportunities for us to meet people. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. And I think I want to kind of piggyback off of what you just said in terms of how I think that coming from that school structure and having those like friendships of circumstance that matter of going to class every day, you're going to develop a relationship with these people or you have a similar project or mission because you're working on something as part of a club, whatever, you're going to be developing connections with those people. But what happens also when those people are 
when you want to reach out beyond the confines of those relationships, I find that those can often be very beneficial. Like it's nice when, you know, you have those inside jokes with people because they're in the same space as you all the time. But then sometimes that can also be incredibly suffocating because say there's someone else in the club um, or this class or whatever situation you're in that you want to befriend, but because you're already a part of this friend group, and I don't want to sort of say click, it's not necessarily always in that, that negative connotations, but you maybe already have a friend group within that structure. And that person that you want to befriend is not necessarily, does not necessarily reflect the culture of that particular group that you're with. Maybe that person like is into, I don't know, into anime or whatever. And the group that you're a part of is like, "Mm -mm, we don't do anime, but maybe you secretly fuck with a little bit of anime. Maybe you like a little bit of anime, you know, but it's weird for you to go out and befriend that person because then you're dissing this group that you're with. So I find that outside the structure of school or outside the structure of a club or just outside of anything that is organized, pushing yourself to go out of that club culture or outside of that friend culture, excuse me, um, enables you to befriend people from all different backgrounds. And I know, and I think it's really important also that we talk on how difficult this can be for introverts. Now I'm, I am clearly not an introvert. I, I took that MBTI Myers-Briggs test and I, ranked 98 yeah, percentile what, what, i got 98 like percentile like, i'm an enfp like so oh i'm enfj okay yeah i was almost ENFJ. oh remember <laughs> you're enfj okay i, I think i have a friend first body test is actually i think an also interesting thing to like bring into this conversation just because i found I was like really beginning to connect with my like really close friends this like past year like we like would talk about this stuff um and I mean, I like was called the Zodiac person. I wasn't even the Zodiac person. I just like sort of know about it a little bit, especially. Yeah, no. But it's I just like, yeah. It's a different, it's definitely a different topic, a different episode for another day. But I think Zodiac signs are much more reliable than personality tests. But we'll talk about that <laughs> another time. Um, there's a great documentary on HBO Max was Persona. Please watch it, everybody. We'll talk really? about it another time. It's fantastic. Anyway, Interesting. Um, I didn't know that yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. HBO Max has been delivering as of late. Not even the plug, y'all. Like, I didn't. Even, I'm not even trying to market for y'all. Relax. But just like, I've been liking what we what we have. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was watching the shop the other day. I felt like I was in the barber shop. I was like, how we got LeBron, Hove, and Bad Bunny? What is happening? It's so good. It's so I'm good. not even trying to plug y'all shows, bro. I'm just saying I'll be entertained. Adventure <laughs> time. I'll be watching Jujutsu Kaisen. Like, listen, fuck with me, bro. Get on HBO I'm Max, bad. bro. It'd be certain shit. But hold on, but let me get this thought out. One ahead, sec, man. Like, so I ranked 98th percentile in extroversion. So clearly I'm not, I, it's very difficult for me to relate to an introvert, but my mom's an introvert. And a lot of my friends are introverts. And I see like for myself, it's no problem for me to go on the street, see someone that looks interesting and be like, hey, I like your vibe. Let's talk. Five hours later, we're still talking. And that has happened on multiple occasions. And I've been invited to their homes and I've been invited to have, you know, supper and wine at their house and like all that kind of stuff. Like I, that's my vibe. But I know that for introverts, that's not something they're going to do. And that's okay. That is more than okay. So I'm just trying to think about like ways that would be positive for them to do that. But I think the major tip is being able to move outside of whatever friend groups you have currently and introduce yourself to somebody outside of that even if you take one person from that group with you so that you have that anchor or that form of support by your side as you go out and introduce yourself to different people I think the main thing is determining who you are and what your interests are and seeking out spaces with people that have similar interests like that so maybe you love to paint on the side maybe that's a hobby of yours you love to paint 
go find a craftsman shop, like a Michael's store. They have these classes that are for free, like arts classes. And you're going to find similar, similarly minded people that you can befriend there and form a connection with because you already have that established interest, that established mutual interest of art and painting and all of that. So I think it's really important to know what your interests are and then invest in those by seeking out spaces where other people are going to, other people that with that mutual interest are going to be and then just engaging with that. And it's so much less pressure when you go by yourself, I think, because then you don't have to act a certain way with a certain friend that you usually, you know what I mean? Like when you're with certain friends, you act a certain way than when you do when you're by yourself. It lets you be a chameleon when you're by yourself in these spaces. And I think you need to let yourself be a chameleon by seeking out these spaces and going by yourself and just saying, hey, my name's Alexa. Hey, my name's Colin. Hey, my name's Sky, whatever. And just interacting with them. And it's so much less pressure because they don't know you. So you can say anything. Hopefully that is true. Like stay truthful, please. But you can say anything to this person and they're not going to hold you to it. Like if you were to bring a friend, you're like, yeah, I love ramen, but you told this friend you hate ramen. Like you're kind of stuck and you can't be your, so you can't say whatever you want. But when you go by yourself and you just say, yeah, like I love ramen, whatever. You talk with this person, you go out, have ramen together, have lunch after this event. That's one thing I'd love to say. But yeah, there's definitely a difference between making friends as an extrovert versus as an introvert. And I think it's really important that we touch on that. Do you think an uh, effective way for introverts to seek commonality among people like out in, in the world is like this thing called like extra, well, it's, I guess this might be such an introverted thing someone would do, but I've heard that you probably, you could probably pull it off is they wear something unapolog- unapologetically them. So like a headband or, uh, you know, uh, a shirt that's like, you know, about a show or something that they're really passionate about. And then someone will call it out and, and hopefully that extroverted person or someone else that has that commonality will be like, oh, and make the, break the ice for you. Um, and you know, I love you create that. that friendship like that. Yes, because then it's inviting. So now as an introvert, I would imagine you are wearing a piece that reflects a really big interest of yours and you are inviting others to comment on it versus you having to go out and speak and you having to make the connection, which could be so much more pressure. But you being inviting in that way and just going around, take your headphones off as you walk down the street. Make it possible so that people do speak with you. You know, I see people do that all the time, like wearing their headphones. I'm like, but you want to make friends, but we can't talk to you. (laughs) So just make it easier for them. Have that inviting piece of uh, that inviting personality. Be someone that people want to approach and say hi to. And I love that idea, Sky, of wearing something that reflects a huge interest of yours. Because then you invite commentary and you can start something huge from that. Yeah, that's an interesting perspective. Um, yeah, I feel like introverts be, I don't know, man. Like, I, I believe in, like, coalescing. Like, I talk about this some, some with my friends now. Like, the whole, um, like, I like I feel like introverts, I feel like, I don't know. Like, my, my friend of me and I joke, where it's like, we're both extroverts. And when we both be hanging out, <laughs> this one car ride we were going to Athens, it was me, Amia, and my friend Anthony, and he's more of like a, a low key type guy. He's more of a chill guy. I wouldn't say he's like super extrovert. But then, even though I would say super extrovert, he's also like okay talking to people. Like he's okay like start having conversations with strangers. Like he was doing that in LA, all that. He's like completely comfortable with that. But he's just more of a chill person. But me and Amia are like definitely extrovert. So it's just funny because we were just like in the car, loud as shit, while my man was just like chilling. <laughs> but like I feel like introverts create like. I don't know. I feel like I believe in balance. Like, I don't know. Sometimes I think that like introverts are cool. With, like there are like cool friendships where like one person introvert, one person extrovert or like relationships, for example, like my friend Andy and his girlfriend, like Andy is like 
less of an like his girlfriend's very much an introvert but like they sort of correspond very well mm. it's pretty interesting i don't know do you find that y'all's friends tend to be introverts or extroverts um i mean you three are extroverted so <laughs> well you two us three yeah, yeah. um I, I think i think i have a and this is what weird is a weird dynamic right like you know christy she had she had said to me you find people that you know that will follow you into battle right like i a lot of times it's like you have either the people have share the same common energy or you know you can become that leader in your group and i mean that's personal i guess personally to me because other people might you know want to you know be a follower or you know be more collaborative or whatever but you know i tend to i guess take up and i i, I sit back and listen like I, and, and i think you have to have a balance like colin said um so you know i haven't i do have a mix of friends that are more introverted or more like situationally extroverted so like when they need to be um they'll be extroverted but more so mm-hmm. like you know you'll have those conversations and i guess what you say about having friends for you know different situations and different you know um you know aspects of yourself um yeah. so I, I think i think that i believe most people probably have a mix of, of friends agreed agreed i think a huge thing that what you just said also that like made it made me think of something is that I think we need to also consider what we're looking for when we are going out to go and make friends. Are you going out to go and make a bosom buddy? Or are you going out to go and just befriend an acquaintance? I'm sorry. Or are you, have you ever heard that term before? <laughs> no, you can't just be saying shit. What? <laughs> like it's regular. Like, 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 I, I was like, I'm like, am I the only that's not East Coast swag. What? No, what kind no, of swag? That's not old East Coast like, Y'all, no, it's from Bosom Buddy? From Anne of Green Gables. Uncultured. Yeah, it's I might be, but <laughs> I was watching Adventure Time the other day, and Finn and Jake like tricked Ice King into thinking that they were his best friends, and he was calling them his bosoms. And I was like, "What is happening?" I thought it was really funny, but like Adventure Time also just doesn't make sense, and it was just like randomly hilarious. So I was like, "This works perfectly." But now that you said bosom buddy, I'm like, bro, the, the my the latest bosom? reference for this is Ice King, like. <laughs> I can't, you guys are killing me. A bosom buddy is still a friend that you hold close to your heart. It is your best friend. It is your that is friend that you carry for life. <laughs> I didn't think it was that at all. <laughs> okay, I'm just going to say best friend. If you're going out to make a best friend. Bosom buddy? Are y'all kidding? All right, come on. Sky. It's real. Y'all know what oh we God. thought that was. Anyway, <laughs> that's crazy as hell. I'm, any, that sentence was wild. Going out looking for a bosom buddy. Y'all need to look for Jesus. That's outrageous. That's outrageous. <laughs> Y'all better look inward. Stop looking for bosom buddies. <laughs> your best friend. You're looking out for a best friend. Oh god, my face is hot. Bye. Okay. No, okay. A best friend. Okay. So this is my this is my theory. Because the thing is, because if depending on what you're going out. And just trying to make friends, like how you're trying to make friends, like what kind of friendship you're trying to make, you're going to approach it very differently, right? So this is how I see connections in general. I don't know if I ever shared this, this like thought process with y'all, but this is how I see it. I'm a very visual thinker. Every connection you make is you throwing a thread at someone. And that thread is a story of vulnerability for yourself. You know, right? Intimacy is the manifestation of vulnerability. So each time I throw a thread, a story of a vulnerable piece of my life with you, I am trying to form a connection. Now people can either let that thread drop and just look at it and be like, what you want me to do with this? Or they could pick it up and throw one back. And that's them sharing another story with, with you, uh, with, with, well, with myself. 
And then the more the connections go, the more the vulnerable stories are shared, you are weaving something together. Now, not everyone is going to weave a California king size comforter. You know, your your best <laughs> friend, since we're not using bosom buddy, your best friends. Um, but some people you'll just weave, you know, one of those really fancy napkins that you have at a restaurant. Now, what the issue comes then is that a lot of people are confusing their best friend, like that California king size comforter for that napkin. Like I'm going to a restaurant. <laughs> all a I need, compared to a- all, but like all I need is that really fancy napkin when I go play sometimes. Sometimes I don't need that California king size comforter. I don't always mm-hmm. need it. It's nice to have it, but there's a place and a time. Not every friend needs to be with you, you at every stage of life, at every event you go to, at every right. you know corner of your life. You know what I'm saying? So I think a lot of us, we put that California king size comforter or the baby blankets or guys, I'm running out of the rugs, whatever, in different, in spaces where they don't belong. I'm not bringing the California king size comforter or the rug with me to the restaurant. I'm going out to party. I just need someone that's going to have my back, you know, wipe my mouth where I need, oh, it's my makeup running girl, catch it for me. I'm good. Thank you. Thank you, Colin. Exactly. Like catch it for me, but I'm not going to bring a king size comforter because that's not the space for that. I don't need that there. So when we are making these relationships or making these connections or just whatever it is, you need to go out with intention and being like, okay, like, you know what? I'm trying to weave right now. I'm trying to weave. I'm trying to weave an area rug. I'm trying to weave, weave a napkin. I don't need another best friend right now. Like I'm good with the circle of friends that I have in that space. I'm just looking for informal light connection with someone. I think we need to determine what kind of, you know, being intentional about the kind of relationship we're trying to form in our lives as well, because that will make it so that we are less valid. Um, That'll make it so that we're less likely to fail in those spaces too. Because like sometimes you go out and this person's looking for something different than you are, and then the relationship fails and just disintegrates because y'all weren't looking for the same thing. You got to know what you're looking for or what you're open to. To that that point, like I've actually been reading a book, um, Jay Shetty, How to Think Like a Monk. Check it out. Very good. I love that book. It's a good book. Um, yeah, I like Jay Shetty a lot. Listen, I'm very much on a spiritual awakening. And I have like I have moments where I'm just like, wouldn't it just be easier to be a monk? <laughs> I genuinely feel that a lot of times. I'm just like, bro, what? It's so much harder to like be in the world. Like mm-hmm. if if the purpose of all of this is just to like let go of our ego, be awakened and recognize that like and just let go of all the things that are keeping us from our pure self, isn't it the isn't the easiest way to do that to become a monk? <laughs> but like regardless. Like Jay Shetty was a monk and it's, it's been giving us game for like how to move about the world in, in a, like with the framework that he was able to create and um, build from a foundational perspective through having been a monk. And I'm like, that's, I need these pages. So a lot of what he's talking about in the beginning of the book was like values and why like values are really important in terms of like, Uh, creating direction for you in life generally, but specifically with connections. Um, If you are creating value-based connections, if you are making connections based off of like your own values, I think that's what's important is just like knowing what values are yours. Like there are values that you've picked up and you're just like, you know, it's sometimes like he create, he like offered and suggested this exercise. Mm -hmm. And I was trying to do journaling wise, but just write out some of the values you think you have. And then you write out like, is this mine? Like, what do I think on this? Like, you know, like- Oh, I like that. Like, you know, uh, being like, uh, I can't come up with an example right now, but like here, actually, um, uh, maybe that's not important. My point is, um, 
you know, I think that value-based connections are helpful when it comes to making friendships because that way you don't get a let astray. That way you don't like, um, you know, based off of some voided feeling or some misguided value, some misguided thing that you think that is you, but it's not like, it's just something that was imposed upon you. You thought was you, but so you, sometimes we make, we make friends from that place. We make connections from that place. And then you find you're like, you get some moments thereafter and you're like, Whoa, I don't know if I like that I'm here. You know what I'm saying? Um, and that could be avoided if you're like more, you know, uh, proactive about it. Uh, rather than retroactive and like once those moments happen you're just like hmm, maybe i should uh pivot a little bit you can like you know come at it from a standpoint of like hmm, like you know what are the things that i like value about myself my experience about life and you know that helps you develop connections thereafter absolutely and i think it also helps develop your self-esteem go on oh, i yeah. interrupted you sky no, i was gonna say connecting what you said alexa about the threads and what Colin's talking about uh, monks and enlightenment which came to mind is that Alexis really basically explained that you all the earthly tethers you have and you create with people to keep you from reaching enlightenment. And for you to create that, you know, earthly tether to another person is extremely valuable because you're just slowly keeping yourself from enlightenment. And so you really need to value those tethers you make. And this goes into the idea like that yeah. finally, finally, <laughs> now, we get That's into the shits. We yeah. get into the shits. Let's go. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Let this me write this down. I need this. This is this is what I wanted you're to talk preaching about. Preaching a word. Thank you. Oh my Please god. Keep going, because I wanted to talk about this. Go ahead. And and Woo. this is the idea that every person that you let into your life um, is a composition of yourself because you are a mosaic of the people that you let in. And so every oh, person that you spend a lot of time, you take a little bit of their habits. So be that you, you're, you had a teacher that made you, you know, taught you how to write and you write in a certain way. Um, you know, you you know, you create your A the, the weird way, I don't know, the way, it, you know, I'm talking about, um, as opposed to like the way everyone else does it. And there's like little things that you can notice about yourself that you learn from someone, you know, either your love for music or a certain artist or a certain author or the passion you have about um, investments or, uh, you know, what you chose to be your major or um, even the way you you speak or, um, you know, uh, find, you know, a show that you really enjoy and resonate to. And so there's a lot of people that guide you in those in those um, aspects. And you might not realize that you're giving, you know, a thread to them, um, but that you are receiving that thread of influence from them. And so there's good and bad and, and you know, um, negative influences on your, your mosaic of who you are, um, because you are just always learning from a baby till you die. Um, if you're not learning, then you just die early. Unfortunately, that's really, you know, you stop moving and then your body's like, OK, you have no purpose. Your energy is just like, you're, all right, we're going to go and serve another purpose. And so I, and that's kind of how I see it with the way you're talking about friendships and the people you learn from is that these are extremely valuable. And this goes into back into our original um, topic about valuing your time and, and who you give it to. And, and, you know, because this can, this can really change the that's, way you that's, that's trajectory your life. Past week. Yeah, I know. And, and Colin, I remember you saying that, you know, your, your impact from just being in a different area in DC from Atlanta, you know, really impacted you because of the people that it brings the energy that is there. Um, and I think that has to do with what we're looking at, you know, with the desire to make friends and create these ties. Um, but you can also find enlightenment. And there's this weird, you know, construct where like, oh, okay, if I let go of all my ties, I might not be happy then um, because you have no guidance. You're not really actively looking for enlightenment. Um, and, and you kind of have t 
your threads just stagnant instead of, you know, severing the ones that are bad for you um, mm-hmm. and keeping, you know, in the, you're just kind of just in this weird space. And so, you know, actively looking for things that will help you get there, um, but also being conscious of how much you can lend out of your spool of <laughs> wool, you know? And so I think, I think looking at it that way and just being conscious of, you know, how the impact someone has on you, of good and bad, just even walking in the room, you, you see it when you go to work and someone you might not even know, but they smile, you smile back and it's contagious. But if they have really negative energy around you, um, and you, it brings you down. Um, mm-hmm. And so you want to just really, you know, be conscious of that. And that's why I kind of took from your two conversations. I know it's a little uh, deeper. Uh, no, I, I'm glad we took this turn. I, I, I have a lot of thoughts um, and I 100% agree with a lot of what you brought up. I do, you know, since this, the latest thing you said was, you know, in reference to just, you know, like, you know, things are intake based. You feel me? Like energy and just like, you know, the same way, you know, you are what you eat. You are what you watch. You are what you listen to. You are who you spend time with. You know, it's not, you aren't like, in, in terms of like, you know, like getting, the, I don't know, I'm not going there. I was just going to say like, you don't, then what we're going to talk about like manifesting what you want out of life is more consistent with who you are. Like, it's not like, like, I don't know. Anyways. And um, anyways, you always are constantly communicating who you are based off of like the things that you intake. And that includes friends. But I wanted to talk about something that you were talking, that you brought up, which was like uh, in enlightenment um, relative to friendships and sort of this, conversation on friendships um as attachments that was interesting to me um because i've been navigating that i think that like um i've been doing a lot of personal work and i've I've experienced like a lot of stuff loneliness wise or whatever but just like recognizing that like sometimes i I really question i think like it's, it's, it's 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 important for us to have this conversation and think about like what's the value of a friendship like why do we want to make friends um you know the way you spoke about it was like because for me like on some monk shit like it's just like dog why would i do anything that's gonna make this harder for me like isn't my job just to like let go of my ego sometimes being friends with people like provokes the fuck out of ego because ego is like this sense of self and when you're around people this is just like a reminder that i'm a self and it's like you know spiritual truths are very paradoxical um, because a lot of them aren't meant to, meant to be understood mentally and conceptually. They're meant to be understood experientially. Um, and so for one, it's to say that like, you can't truly ever enjoy um, things in your experience unless you're willing to like, let go of them. Right. Um, I think a lot of ways that we engage our relationships in life, whatever they may be is very like attachment based. Like they become the difference between like the value, like the, because they become a part of how we understand ourselves. So therefore they're egoic. So like this person is my friend, therefore this is how I understand myself. Cool, you, I'm sure you gain a lot of strength from that. Like the same way you mentioned, like the like, you know, these, these things lend, you know, I'm sure you'd really gain strength from that, but you also, it's limited. It comes to a certain point, it does. Cause that thing will become the very thing that will create suffering for you potentially. Um, and it's, the, and not just on some of this friend will stop being my friend. There will be moments that come into your experience that challenge that sense of self. And you got to decide, you know what I'm saying? Like, am I this person or am I not? Um, spiritually, it's less of it's less of a having to what I've learned is it's like, I don't know if, if I want to constantly be 
dealing with the objects of my experience and like meeting with them on some like possibility. I'm like, oh my gosh, okay, who am I? Okay, am I this or am I not? No, just like let go for a little bit. Stop holding on to this notion that you have to be something and just be what you are. Um, the less attached you are to those things and our people or experiences in your life, the more you get to experience them fully. I think that friendships, connections generally benefit from like a self-relationship. If you don't have a self-relationship as a foundation and you're just having friendships, no matter how much those friendships are giving and gaining to you and helping you understand yourself, your sense of self will very much be predicated from the external experiences you have with those connections. And therefore they become a weakness rather than a strength in my opinion. I agree. I've been struggling with that. It's not easy. I think the reality is that like, I think about that all the time. I know this is like, this can become a little bit of a larger scale macro reflection on some enlightenment, but sometimes I'm just like, what's the value of a connection? Like, what's the value of having a friend? What's the value? Because if, you know, but I, I, increasingly I come to this place where it's like people in your life are teachers, young people. Like it could be a child. It could be, you know what I'm saying? Um, it could be anybody. It's teachers. You're supposed to, your ultimate goal here is to learn about who you are figure and, and learn to let go of whatever you've been holding on to as a soul. Um, and friends can help you do that. Friends should be able to help you feel like your full actualized authentic self. They shouldn't ever make you feel like you have to be anything less than what you are. So if you're ever in an experience with somebody, no matter how much you think they're giving or gaining you, oh, like me being friends with this person is making me a better person. It might also make you feel like you can't just be what you are. And that may not be what you want because that'll harm you more than you think. I think there's this thing called like the friendship trap, right? When people put their identity towards that friend group and that's what ends up destroying them because there's a friend group is like, it's going to change. It's going to mold. It's going to evolve. And if you attach your identity to that friend group um, and you see this with people that are still stuck in high school, uh, mm -hmm. they, you know, are trying to relive what they saw as good and they don't really see anything uh, far, far than that and they're really it goes into complacency again people are complacent and are scared everyone's so scared um and they don't want to try something new they don't want to get out of their comfort zone and so you know they attach their identities to this and then they get very hurt when things change on them um and the, you know this creates this really vicious cycle um and you know what you're talking about just i think that's what we end up doing is we really want to embody a certain group and we can't we don't see it in, you know, right in the moment, but we're, you know, kind of attaching ourselves to that group instead of attaching ourselves yeah. to ourselves yeah. um, and yeah. being and being more selfish, you know? Absolutely. And that's what I was talking about earlier about how it can be both a blessing and a curse to attach yourself to that group's culture because you are forcing yourself to be, to, in order to be a part of that culture, you need to act out what its, you know, its requirements are. And if that's not necessarily true to yourself because you have yet to, form that self-relationship with yourself, then you're harming yourself and you're preventing yourself from reaching out and interacting with other people that might be more aligned with who you are and who you envision yourself to be. I want to speak more also on what Colin was saying before about like having that self-relationship and that sense of self. And I think it's sense of self. And I think it's so important also to consider what the key ingredients are to who you envision yourself to be. And then to look for those ingredients in those you surround yourself with. Not everyone is going to have the full list, but I think it's important to look for at least two or three of those within the people around you. Like for me, I have a rule. I am not friends with anybody that I don't in some way look up to, that I don't in some way hugely respect for some talent or some behavior or some way that they see life. 
each and every person that I connect with myself, myself to has an attribute about themselves that I find incredibly attractive in a way that I want to also emulate myself. Like I have some friends who are some of the most patient people I've ever met. And patience is something I struggle with. So being friends with someone like that, I really look up to that. And it's something that I want to see reflected through myself. So be like how Colin was saying in terms of what, who you surround yourself with is who you're going to become, right? It's a matter of, yeah, I have certain key ingredients, filters that I use and who I allow myself to befriend and surround myself with. So like, I even, I even wrote it out. I will read it out for you. This is from my personal journal. I will read it out. First is people that, I, it is key for me to surround myself with people that trust my character, believe in my purpose, embrace my metamorphoses, engage with me intellectually, invest in intimacy with me. So in terms of manifesting that vulnerability, um, are impeccable with their word. That comes from the four agreements. It's a book, it's like 16 pages. Please read it. It's like pure. I got me, I just gave it to my friend yesterday. It's I so just pulled it out from my bookshelf, but I gave it to my friend. Yeah. A dear friend of mine, a dear colleague who has become a friend, his name's Ashton Carter, he's amazing. He introduced me to that book and I just- It's really it powerful. Just, I'm going to read it's it. It's very I'm powerful. People that are life. impeccable, people that are, exactly. People that are impeccable with their word, people that are open to change, those that possess an ability to handle being wrong graciously and, take, and people that take care of themselves. Now, not everyone is going to have that full list. That was a long list I read out, but everyone that I surround myself with has at least two of those in some way, because those are areas that I find myself to struggle with at certain times. And I want to make sure that I surround myself with people that I find to exemplify it in a way that I would like to see it exemplified by like myself, how I would like to behave. So I think it's important to have those key ingredients to yourself. So having that self-relationship so that you can determine, okay, these are the areas that I'm, you know, I, I want to build up on because it doesn't reflect the Alexa of tomorrow that I want to become. So these are the areas that are stopping me from becoming that. Let me work on that. Let me find people that are excellent at that, that I, so that I can be you know, befriending those people and letting my ego go to the side so that I can accept what they are teaching and not saying like, I know all, whatever. And, and, and going from there, I, I y'all really hit on some really hard points that I had to, had to comment on in that way, because I think it's so many people don't have those relationships and expect others to configure to them. Like I'm good. Like I'm, I'm chill. Why is she, why is she being so difficult? Why is he being so difficult? Maybe you're the one that's being difficult. Maybe you're the one that needs to see how your mold is not necessarily melting with their mold and vice versa. It's not always you're the perfect one and everyone around you needs to configure to who you are. You have lacking areas as well. And so do they. And it's about trying to find the key ingredients that of that lacking that you want to build up on. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people think their self-relationship is already per- like, you know, the whole you're made in the image of perfection that you're meant to be, not necessarily all the time. And um, it takes that self-relationship and that awareness and that self-esteem, not confidence, but self-confidence, self-esteem are two completely different things. I agree. I've learned that recently. And that that's like huge, huge difference, huge, huge difference. That self-esteem, you'll be, it's very internal. Self-confidence is external. To external you are yeah. tangibly able to do well that others comment on. Self-esteem is how you see yourself, babe. You like how good. you... Exactly. So once you have that that strong self-esteem, or at least you're building on it, working on it, you can develop that that healthy self-relationship that you can then build from and have beautiful relationships. I think that's, it's, uh, I, I, I liked a lot of what you brought up in terms of just like, um, which, you know, I, I guess I could say paradigms, you know, in terms of like approaches to friendships. Um, and it's really interesting um, for me. I'll say that, like, I don't know. I'm, like, a weird type of person with this. Because I'd be cool with people, bro. See? No, like, real talk, though, like, here's what I mean. 
Like, I agree with like I think at the at the key like a, a big core aspect of like any relationship that I want to be in is like validation of like my experience. Any feeling like any moment where I feel like I'm with I'm in a situation where somebody's just not validating me, it's like why am I even here? You feel me? What is it's validation gonna make me mean feel for you? Like I'm gonna like question myself even more anytime I'm with someone if they're not validating me. For validation means that somebody's like allowing me to just be my authentic expression even imperfectly as long as it's not harmfully like being like destructive and like a terrible person but like if i'm like imperfect like if, if i don't have all the answers if i'm like figuring it out and i just like am trying to just authentically just like be the other person also is just like you're like nah that's valid bro like and that's why i don't i've removed the, the judgment muscle out of my like that's what i just want to talk about because i feel like your paradigm is is real but like for me like the reason I've been struggling with a lot of different things because it's just like when you remove the judgment lesson, like where the judgment muscle, you have to come at things different. You got to come with curiosity. Exactly. A lot of people in my, in my world, you know, I may not understand. I may not like a hundred percent agree with how they live or what they do, but I also can't, I'm not, I'm the type of person where it's like, I, who am I to say whether or not this is the right way or the wrong way to, to live? It's valid for them. So long as they're validating me, like as long as they're like recognizing that I'm validating me, but as long as they're like not invalidating me, they're like, yo, like you're dope, you're yourself. I'm cool with it. I like being friends with people who I'm not expected to be friends with. You feel me? Me too. Because that's where the most inspiration happens. That's where the most mm-hmm. pronunciation happens. You feel me? Absolutely. And it's just like, as long as you let me rock, I'm going to let you rock. And you can move how you move and I'm going to move how I'll move. But just don't infringe on me and I won't infringe on you. That's sort of what it comes down to. Um, but what about accountability there? So what I'm so what I, I have a question. So I really I like what you're saying, and a huge part of me also agrees with it. But then there's a part of me that's like, I'm hearing validation, and what I keep substituting for in my head is affirmation for some reason. Maybe you can true. speak on that. But when I think of that, I'm like, you are requiring that those you surround yourself with validate you in your authentic self. But what if your authentic self is oppositional to who you said you were yesterday? Like, are you not hold, making sure that they hold you accountable as well to, you know, what you've articulated as the vision of yourself that you want to become? Like, accountability is important, too. I want my friends to be able to tell me, like, hey, Alexa, you're not, you're not being consistent with what you said. You want to, you're not being impeccable with your word on what you said you wanted yourself to become. And I'm like, wait, wait a minute. You're not validating me and my authentic self of who I am right now. It's like, well, you know, there's a gray space there. And I'm curious what you have to say about I'm that. very gray. Um, Sky, did you want to hop in? I have a response, but I just want to make sure you had a chance to speak to. Yeah, I mean, I was just thinking about, I was kind of thinking the same thing of just, you don't want people around you just saying you're right all the time, um, because then you are all the fools and you all, you know, will end up, you know, going down. You need criticism to improve yourself. Um, but no, I, I, I kind of understand what you're saying. What people that have differing views, it kind of comes in with that, that if you can get the validation from someone that is not really, you know, textbook supposed to be your friend, then that kind of validates itself because you attracted someone that's not really who you normally, you know, would meet with or get, seek that affirmation from. So I think that makes it special. Um, but again, all these people that are in your circle, um, you know, have different purposes and they all can't, like Alexa said, they all can't fit all her criteria. 
um, they, you know, might hit two or one or two or, you know, um, and achieve these things and help build you who you are. But now I'll, I'll let you go, Colin. For sure, Brad. Um, yeah, I for me, when I sit with this, I feel like I don't know if authentic validate like somebody else like valid, like letting me rock in my authenticity is like at this in the same like at the same time or in the same breath, me negating accountability or me communicating that this person won't um you know um help me deliver on the things that i've expressed that i am to them um it's just that like i don't know i think it's just sort of like it's hard enough to just like be you feel me like it's hard enough to just like be and take up space like on your own like you got to hold yourself accountable, but you can still validate yourself. So mm-hmm. I feel like friends can do the same. Like, I feel like friends can be like, you know what? You are yourself and I fuck with that. But at the same time, dog, I'm looking out for you. You can't be moving like this. Like you said you were going to do this as a friend. I'm just saying like, you said you want to do this, but at the same time, I'm not going to not be your friend. If you like, aren't doing this because it's just like, listen, I just want you to be good. Like, the challenging aspect of these kind of this conversation, that's one thing that I've worked through and I've journaled about this, is like to what extent are relationships conditional? You feel mm. me? Mm. That's why it's like your paradigm was while I resonated with it. Also, I had a little bit of resistance because I'm just like, these are conditions. You see what I'm saying? When does somebody like if you like were struggling, Alexa, and all the reasons why I felt like from a standpoint of like my mind, mental things I could line out, you could you weren't hitting, would I just like let you falter? To me, the answer is no. Like, if because I know you, I've connected with you. You feel me? In ways yeah. that I, I don't know, beyond. So like, if you were struggling and you like weren't leading, like meeting the conditions per se of like who I think you need to be to me as a friend, I'll still care about you. Cause I'm like, I, you're a human being and I've connected with you. So I'm just like, Alexa, what can I do to support you? What do you need from me? You feel mm-hmm. me? And yeah. that's very important in terms of validating the authentic, authentic expression, because regardless, even if you were meeting those conditions, you might be meeting them while, while, while hurting, while struggling. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yep. Let's so say you were still meeting my conditions, but like whatever authentically was happening that would have otherwise caused you to, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You're just like, say you're pushing it to the side to meet the condition. So like, so let's say like alternatively, you didn't meet those conditions and those authentic things came up anyways, I'm going to validate it. You feel me? I do. So what you're saying, and you correct me if I'm wrong, but what I'm understanding is that your the validation that you require from your friends must be based within grace and trust. So that grace matter of you know having grace for your friends when they are not meeting that criteria, and trusting that they're gonna you know not necessarily bounce back, but they will metamorphosize into you know something that still allows you to still be friends and still be close. And I think of grace especially as unmerited favor. I love that definition of grace. My dear friend, Akila, her mom gave me that definition. And it really unmerited favor? Unmerited favor. Because when you are giving yourself grace or you are giving grace to someone else, often they don't, you're doing it because, at least for yourself, you don't feel like you're worthy of favor. You don't, you're in a space where you're like, I'm, I'm shit at this. Like, this isn't working out. You're in that survival mode. Something happened. You're like, I could, I'm so dumb, whatever. You have to give yourself grace, that unmerited favor that it's not necessarily unmerited, like, object objectively but it's unmerited because you feel like you don't you don't deserve it but you are getting you were giving yourself this favor this space so that you can heal and whatever you're going through Mm. so the same how you were doing for your friends you are giving your friends grace 
because they might not feel that they deserve this favor, but you're going to give it to them anyway, because you trust their spirit and you trust your connection with them. And you yeah. trust that they are going to come back to who, like, think about, no, whatever. Yeah. Like, it's just like. That validation must exist within, um, uh, within a space of grace and trust that has embedded, been embedded into that connection. And not everyone you're going to have that with. Again, like, I have a hard time believing that a handkerchief relationship is going to have grace and trust embedded within it. I mean, I'm sure there is, but I, I haven't experienced it. So maybe it does exist. I just haven't experienced it. But with those California kings, those area rugs, those baby blankets, you're going to have grace and trust we- weft into that because inevitably either you or that person are going to go through something in life where, you know, maybe they need to be held accountable. Maybe they need to be, their hand needs to be held. Maybe they need a hug, whatever. They're going through something. They need to trust that you're going to have grace and that you're going to show them grace and that you are going to get grace from them as well when you're going through that. So I, is that kind of like where you're going with that? I see that as being like the anchor for that validation. That great validation requires both of those, that it can be in a positive way rather than them being yes men and, you know, firm. Yeah, you don't want people to like be, be like yes men. Like, you know, that's something I think about too. It's like, you know what I'm saying? That shit unsustainable because you're going wild out and motherfuckers going to not check you. But at the same time, it's like yeah. you weren't my friend if you wasn't gonna check me. You feel me? Like, it's yes. like you had to be my friend because it wasn't conditional. Do you see what I'm saying? I feel like the the people who ain't gonna check you are the conditional. Like, it, like I know the way we've been having the conversation sounds like these conditions are what's gonna cause them to check you. But I feel like anybody who's an unconditional friend is the one who's gonna check you because well, they know an you. Example. Like, like, like you are comfortable with someone that you can joke with them, right? And you can yeah. like, you know, make a joke about them and be like, oh, you know, like how me and you and, and Sam and everybody, you know, I'm joking all, all the time. Like, yeah, joking all the time. And like, and they can take a joke. And I think that's like the not so deep extreme version of us, how we like determine someone is like cool because they get our sense of humor and filtering it through jokes and, and, and that commonality. You can laugh with them odds are that they'll you know talk and say something to you like oh you know you, you should you know we'll hold you accountable and so i think that's like a natural filtration filtration that we use that we don't really uh actually realize i love that you said that i feel like we keep using pain as examples it's like you can laugh <laughs> it yeah. can be lighthearted too like geez <laughs> so glad you said that yeah bro like that's real bro I be laughing all the time. Like I feel like being able to joke with somebody and clown them is how is my highest form of endearment sometimes. Like you can't take shit too seriously, bro. Like I feel like laughing and crying is the same muscle. And like sometimes you need to like create levity with people by way of just like not taking shit seriously, bro. That's one of the things that I love about my friend group this past year is like sometimes, bro, we could just like not give a fuck and just like some of my friends are like actual assholes. Like I'm just like this is an actual bad person. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but that's my dog because he just like is annoying as shit and rude. <laughs> it's like fuck you. We're like, gonna you know, publish this. He's gonna be like, you talk about me, bro. Bro, fuck these niggas, bro. But really, it's my niggas though. Um, I have a really good friend of Mia who also is like somebody who I'm constantly clowning, but like, it's all love. Like me, she's like always roasting everybody, but that's like, I know for her, like that's her thing. Like that's literally how you know that she fucks with you. Like that was so crazy because I'm like, bro, like I remember like I didn't even know her that well at first, but she was just like super, so comfortable. I'm like, what the, f-? you know? But that's how the type of person she is. So 
Carl, that's how you and I became friends. And yeah, uh, was, the first year was making jokes and just cracking up and, yeah, and having a good being, time, you know. It was being <laughs> yeah, that was funny as shit. Bro, I remember we were at CI just going crazy. We didn't care. We didn't care. <laughs> we were just being ridiculous. Like <laughs> that's the shit I like though. I like when people just don't give a fuck. That's the shit I like. <laughs> Like who fucking cares? It's not even that serious, bro. I love shit like that, bro. I love to laugh. I recognize that that's an important part of my experience in life. And if I can laugh, I'm happy, bro. <laughs> if somebody can make me laugh, I'm good. That's why I be friends with random ass old people, bro. At work, I be cool with like forty old people because we be joking around. Me and fucking Leo, shout out Leo, bro. Old ass, bro. I mean, <laughs> lay on my dog. We always roasted and we always get it like, it's literally, this is me at work, bro. I just be constantly having a good time, just chilling, joking with people because it's like, you got to make, you got to make it fun. Agreed. Absolutely. <sighs> maybe think of, maybe think of those, uh, those signs those white ladies have of live, laugh, love. <laughs> Bro, but oh like, but gosh, like, facts, crazy, I was just looking at my rocks. I have three rocks in my fucking like the my door, and it said live. It says live, laugh, love. And I was driving out, and I was looking back at my door as I was leaving my house, and I'm like, okay, why we only got the, the laugh, love jo- rock? <laughs> <laughs> Where's the live rock? <laughs> I was like, am I gonna die? <laughs> Why is it only the love laugh rock? How am I going to love and laugh if I'm not alive? <laughs> Yo, I'm telling you, I drive oh. myself crazy. <laughs> I'm, I was trying to go to Kroger and get a waffles. Like, dead, I was trying to get a waffle. <laughs> and I saw that only that there was, like, laugh, um, love rock. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> what does this mean? <laughs> So I have a question. Do you think exchanging jokes is giving that tether as well, Alexa? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because it shows that you're willing to make a fool of yourself. And those are the best jokes, right? Those jokes where you can just make a fool of yourself, make a fool of them. And you're willing to, that's a manifestation of vulnerability. Like that's part of what I was talking about. Willing to, willing to engage in intimacy with me. Someone that's willing to be vulnerable with me and put those jokes out. Like diss me. If it's a good one, I'm going to laugh. It's hilarious. I'm okay with laughing at myself. Like, it's the most fun thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, going on to that point, off that point, like, it's it's all love. Like, that's why I could joke with somebody is because, like, because I, like, because I fuck with them. I could say this motherfucker's an asshole because that's my dog. You feel what I'm trying to say? Yeah, but no one else could say that. I feel you. Yeah, like, I could sit here and joke about myself because I got love for myself. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't care about these superficial things. I'm not afraid to, like, joke about me seeing the live life. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I know I'm okay. Like, I don't care. Like, I know I got love for myself. I, I You can you can make funny. You can clown yourself because you fuck with you. You can clown your friends because you fuck with them, bro. That's why I clown y'all, because y'all are fucking my people. Like, y'all are beyond where I'm, like, you know what I'm saying? Beyond the shits. That's why I be fucking with y'all all the time because that really pronounces the fact that I really like you, like beyond yeah. like that. Was, that's how it comes to the surface. Like I realize that's a love language for a lot of my friends, is just them being assholes. <laughs> <laughs> 
And sometimes I'll be like, bro, can y'all, y'all gotta chill. Like the NBA times where I'm like not in the mood. And I'm like, I'm not trying to be dealing with this. Like I'm sitting here, got my spiritual books trying to be focused and they like doing too much. And I'm like, can y'all back the fuck off for like three seconds? Y'all doing too damn much. These are spiritual books. I can see. I'm trying to heal. I'm reading Michael fucking Singer's Untethered Soul. Meanwhile, you in my ear talking about whatever and shit, clowning me. I'm like, can y'all leave me alone? I'm trying to not have egoic activation right now. Here you go, fucking saying shit to me right now. I'm not trying to fucking descend to unconsciousness right now. I'm trying to be conscious right now. Meanwhile, you making me want to clap back and roast your ass. And I'm like, damn, but the, is that unconscious? <laughs> I feel like, yo, I'm trying to be healed. Meanwhile. <laughs> That's a sound like in the shallow realm. <laughs> nigga, unconsciousness is real as shit, bro. It's hard to be conscious, nigga. It's so easy to be unconscious. That's how most niggas are. I'll be unhappy as shit, but I'd rather be consciously unhappy than unconsciously happy. <sighs> I'm unconsciously happy. I'm usually probably creating some form of toxicity with that. And it's gonna oh God! <laughs> I swear, y'all are single-handedly responsible for these smile lines in my face. Me fast <laughs> because Bro, of y'all. Yo, I just got like, like I think for me, I take life too seriously. Like, I feel like I have a part of my muscle. I have like, I have like a muscle. Yeah, I have like this part of me that like, like this like this unconscious part of me that thinks things are way more serious than it is. Do you yes. see what I'm saying? Me too. I feel like most of the shit isn't even that serious. I feel like most of the shit really isn't that serious. So I feel like laughing, that's why I like being around friends who make me laugh because it it reminds me that like, it's not that serious. Not that serious. I'm just like, wait, hold up. What the fuck was I tripping about? It's not even that serious. Like, I love when people, because it makes you take yourself less seriously. It makes you take, I'm just like, oh, like, I'm gonna be good. Like, I'm gonna be good. But two, three seconds ago, I was like, oh my gosh, it has to be this. No, it doesn't. Why? Joke about the thing you feel like it has to be. You think you need to be like fucking dope and fucking like smart? You're a dumbass. <laughs> Say that. What does that make you feel with? What are you left with after that statement? You see what I'm saying? If I thought I had to be this thing, if somebody's like, yo, fuck you. <laughs> I'm just like, wait, oh my gosh. Cause we know what that does. That like dissolves the ego and all connection at, at a base realist, realist level is like beyond ego. If you're having an egoic connection, then that's bullshit. If you, if you trans, if it's off some like beyond, like I feel like vulnerability, that's to your point. Vulnerability is the base of intimacy because it's beyond the conceptual self. It's beyond who you think you have to be or who you, it, it's, it's who you are. When you laugh in those moments of laughing with that friend, it's, a, it's an off, honest laugh. Mm. It's beyond like, have you ever had a fake laugh? I fake laugh. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm, like code switching. I have to talk to white people. <laughs> yeah. Like we've done it. But like, Awkward, uh, yeah. you've done a fake so, laugh because you're like, oh, I got to like be a smiley person. Oh, that's me. I don't know. I've been in spaces with like white people where I have to like come off friendly. Um, <laughs> but like, there's been times where it's like an authentic laugh because what somebody said was really funny. And I'm mm-hmm. laughing from a place beyond whatever. Like, I'm not thinking, this is Colin Cadet. This is the Colin Cadet who's this, that, and this who's laughing right now. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm not even thinking. I'm just laughing because it's genuinely funny. And I feel like when you get lost, you like you're not thinking about who you are in a connection. That's like real connection. I agree. It's like you're it's beyond a conceptual self. It's it's a a real, you know. So let's think about it. So to wrap it up, like what are so this is how I would put it. I would put it that 
we need to prioritize. So it's making friends outside of the structures. Prioritize those relations, those conversations that feed you. Notice when conversations feed you when you speak with certain people. Invest in those relationships and those connections. Go ask them to go out for coffee. Go ask them to go out for drinks or go to your house, watch the movie, whatever. Don't focus on those that starve you, but meaning those relationships that do not speak to your self-relationship and what you have defined as necessary in your, in your life for those circle of friends that you, that you want around you. And, and making sure to take it easy, take it light. It doesn't all have to be heavy. It doesn't all have to be heavy that you don't need a bosom buddy for everything. It can be somebody that you just want to go and laugh with. Just go chill in the park and laugh. Doesn't all have to be that deep. Just as long as you're fed and you're not starved, you're and let shit cultivate. Right. Let shit and let it cultivate. Like let shit flow naturally. That's one final thing that I wanted to say too. Is like mm-hmm. a lot of this we come at this conversation like, how should I go about this? Anybody who's listening, who's like, yo, how do I make friends out of college, bro? Honestly, honestly, know yourself and then just let it rock from there. Let it rock because you'll just connect with people. Like if you're just yourself you'll attract things that reflect you being yourself. And when you start having those conversations where you're just like vibing and laughing, you're like, yo, that person who you didn't intentionally want to be your bosom buddy will become your bosom buddy just because you just, you just are cool. Like it just happens over time because you just like, it just naturally is that way. I don't know how, if I'm explaining it, but I hope that I just don't want y'all to think about this on some like, how do I do this the right way? How do I do this? The, like, these are just, this is like, these are just some frameworks. These are some ways to think about it. But don't overthink about it. Don't go into this on some, okay, how do I need to move? The best thing you could do is be yourself. And what comes after that there will be consistent with you being yourself, which will feed you. You feel me? Like, let it rock. Best things that come to you are things that you aren't looking for. Mm -hmm. Um, And so if you have that in the back of your mind of like, yes, I have the tools. I know now you're aware and conscious of how the process kind of works, what you should be looking at values after you assess a new person that comes to your life. Um, but let that person come into your life naturally. You shouldn't go ham looking, trying to find, you know, and put on this facade of perfectness because you, people see that authenticity and that imperfection within you will attract them to, you know, be a uh, part of your life. So just, you know, be natural and be calm and, and relaxed and things will come to you. Yes. Yes. Killer episode, guys. thank you for listening to the 2721 club make sure to subscribe to hear more episodes and give us your reviews follow us on all major streaming platforms along with instagram tiktok twitter and youtube i said it's over i'm no longer gonna be a soldier we will never let you take us over i said it's over i'm not even looking for no closure Waking up my people like a I said it's over.